The stars don't always shine in Hollywood. A lot of controversy swirling around the silver screen. Will Smith was banned from the Academy for 10 years after an altercation on stage. Johnny Depp amidst a grueling defamation trial. The slap heard round the world. That's what some called it. When Will Smith struck Chris Rock's face at this year's Academy Awards, Smith was upset at a joke that Rock made about his wife. Some thought it was staged, but it wasn't an act. Will resigned from the Academy, and they banned him for the next decade. Meantime, Johnny Depp is in the middle of a defamation lawsuit. In 2018, his ex-wife, Amanda Heard, indirectly claimed he abused her in an article. He says it cost him his career and claims she was the abusive one. Everything that glitters isn't gold. Christ does not glitter, but he's more precious than gold. Faith in him is worth more than anything Hollywood money can buy. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus We're in a series this week called Rejoicing in Jesus, and we're being joined by Randall Goodgame. If you're going strictly from the numbers, you would have to conclude that Philippians is the most joy-filled book in all the Bible. Words for joy appear 14 times in this little four-chapter book, more than any other book in the New Testament, and at a higher rate than any book in all the Bible. The only book that might compete with this joy manifesto is the book of Psalms. Psalms has more laments than any other kind of psalm, so I still give the edge to Philippians. It was written by Paul the Apostle while there in a jail cell in Rome. Now imagine that. He was in one of the most depressing situations a person can find themselves in, yet he wrote a book full of joy and full of exhortations to rejoice. Someone might say he was overcompensating, that in reality he was downcast or depressed or feeling lost or abandoned, but decided to write a book full of joy to give the image that he was rejoicing. He was trying to make himself feel better, and he wanted other people to think he was okay too. I don't buy that. And in a short moment, I'll share why I don't buy that. But I'll give you a hint. Christ. Back with us from Music City. Also known as Nashville, Tennessee, is Randall Goodgame. He's the creator of Slugs and Bugs and the Sing the Bible music series. Randall, we're thinking about Philippians all this week. And you have a song that comes out of chapter 2. And it's a serious song, or call to Christians, but you've written the music in a fun and memorable way. What's that verse again? Yeah, sure. I think you're talking about Philippians 2.3. It's yes. Do nothing yes. out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. From and, Philippians uh, 2.3. Yes. Yes, yes. So uh, what was really fun about this song and putting it together is um, it is a this is a tall order. Value others above yourselves. Like that, that goes against everything that we that we cling to in our flesh about our lip, you know, as far as being human beings, we don't want to value others above ourselves. Can't we just value someone as much, but the scripture says, no, you got to value others above yourselves. So uh, to help it go down easy, um, we made this song really fun. 
Well, thanks for joining us again, Randall. Thanks, Charles. Now let's open this haven today with Above Yourselves from Sing the Bible 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Above yourselves. Above yourselves. Value others. Above yourselves. A song that we all need to hear, not just children, above yourselves. It's coming out of Philippians 2 from Sing the Bible 2, and you're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. I want you to experience what so many of our listeners have been experiencing as they see the kids in their lives become interested in the Bible by listening to these songs. Whether you have a CD player still in your car or it's Playing while you're doing chores, the kids in your life are going to memorize Scripture in a fun way. And I think you'll be encouraged by God's Word through music as well. So after this program, I want to encourage anyone with a child or children in their lives, parent, grandparent, uncle, aunt, pastors, school teachers, next-door neighbors, get in touch with us. Make your minimum gift to Haven Today and ask for the set of Sing the Bible, Volume 1 through 4. Or if you just like the new Volume 4 CD, we can send that to you for your gift of any amount to the ministry. Our phone number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online 
Listen to samples we've put up and watch videos that we've shot with Randall and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. The letter to the Philippians. It's only four chapters long. It's one of the shortest books in the New Testament. And it doesn't just have joy or rejoice more than any other. There's the name, the source of the joy. The name of Christ appears 25 times, and that also is more than any other book in the entire Bible. Paul was not just conjuring up joy out of thin air because he was overcompensating for his sadness and depression. He was writing about something much deeper than surface-level smiles and cheerfulness that you didn't really have in your heart. He was writing about the deep-seated joy that we find when we find Christ and the grace and acceptance that we have in his name. And that's why Paul could write about joy. That's how he could sit in that dark, depressing cell in a jail, a Roman prison. No doubt he was sad, but he could sit in that cell and write about joy in Christ because he knew that's where we find true and substantial joy. But what about our day-to-day lives? This all sounds great, but what are we supposed to do when our circumstances look like Paul's? Does Paul have a word for us in the here and now? And the answer is a loud and confident yes, he does. And we find part of that answer at the end of Philippians 1. Let me read this short passage from this very short letter. Whatever happens, verse 27, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you were going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Now, when you read a passage like this, your mind is immediately drawn to the language of destruction. And many of us have been trained by our culture to rejoice when we hear about our enemies being destroyed. And sadly, many Christians have forgotten what it means to love their enemies. Paul is clear that destruction is the end result for those who oppose the godly, those who stand firm in one spirit, striving for the faith. But he didn't rejoice about that. Just a little later in this same letter, Paul will say that he cries when he remembers that there are enemies of the cross. It's not something to rejoice about. Instead, think about the hope that Paul was giving us for our day-to-day struggle to rejoice in Christ. The very beginning of the passage we read, whatever happens, it's a pretty big statement. No matter what happens, in every circumstance you find yourself in, it doesn't matter. If you're in a season of thriving where things seem to be going great, or if you're in a season of hardship where they're really not going great, whatever happens, Paul tells us, 
conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. That's a pretty high calling. We're called to shine the light of Christ wherever we go. That does not just mean evangelizing our neighbors. It also means living our lives in a way that shows who our Lord is. Christ is the Lord of life, the Lord of love. And he calls us to embody that message to the world, to be loving, to pursue life. And that means standing firm as he calls us on what to do. And it's not just arguing about doctrine. It's about our posture to our neighbors. Are we standing firm in our commitment to live a life of love? Or are we hating our enemies and taking every opportunity to argue with them? Don't get me wrong. Doctrine, of course, is important. What we believe and how we say what we believe is important. But don't miss Paul's aim here either. No matter what happens, live your life in a way that embodies the values and gospels of our Lord. And don't be afraid of those who oppose you. We know we belong to Christ. We know he's empowering us and making us new every day. We don't need to be afraid. After all, like Jesus said, those who oppose us can only kill our body at most. They can't kill your soul, your faith, and they can't take away your joy. Because our joy is rooted in something they have no say in. We know that Christ will save us. In fact, we know that in Christ, he has already saved us. And that changes everything. It strengthens us to stand firm in love, to remain committed to the good of our neighbors, no matter what's happening, no matter who opposes us. It makes us unafraid of what might happen if we talk about Christ and tell others of the wonderful love of Christ for us. But it does something else, too. Paul tells us, In the first few verses of chapter 2, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others ahead of yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You see, when you've rooted your faith in the anchor of the Lord's love for you, when Christ's love has changed your heart to make you stand firm in the Spirit, You have a deep-seated hope. Your salvation is secure, and that gives you joy. And Paul says, here it makes us humble. Humility is hard to come by in a world that is intent on humiliation. Our culture loves to humiliate. You see it on social media. Whether the person is a Christian or not, no matter their political leanings, if people have decided a person has made a mistake, The humiliation just doesn't end. It's bad. Where is humility to be found? And Paul says it's not found in self-humiliation. 
The answer is not to go a step further than social media and begin tearing yourself down. The answer is found in the encouragement and the unity that we together have in the Spirit. If there is any encouragement in Christ, and of course there is, Christ's love for us is full of encouragement. You are loved. You are accepted. You have been, are being, will be saved. If there is any unity in the Spirit, and there is, the Spirit gives all of us access to the Father. The Spirit produces fruit in our lives, and the Spirit leads us into the truth. If there is any tenderness and compassion, and that's the question, has the love of Christ softened your heart to others? Or are you still looking down, secretly rejoicing, saying to yourself, if not to others, I'm not like other people? Well, Christ's encouragement for us The Spirit's unity that we have should lead us to humility and compassion that's true and real. And that's what Paul said. If these things are true, then be like-minded. Have the same love. Don't do anything out of vain conceit or selfish ambition. This is what it looks like to be humble, to lower yourself, and to consider others more significant than yourself, and valuing others more than yourself. And where have we seen this before? In Christ. Christ humbled himself to the cross. Christ endured the hardships and the opposition. No matter what happened, Christ was committed to loving us and living for our good. And Christ died, treated as a criminal for our sake. And more than that, Christ did it because he valued our life more than his own. Christ stepped down. Christ humbled himself. And when we embrace Christ, Christ changes our hearts. So we can step into humility, a life worthy of the gospel, not because we're great, but because Christ humbled himself for us. We love because Christ first loved us. And in that great love, we find an abundance of joy. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace As you trust in Him, so that you may overflow Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit
this passage is Paul's signing off. And he's um, what I want parents and children to remember as they're hearing it and singing it is that to take the call seriously, may Mm. the God of hope Mm. um, fill you with all joy and peace to know that that is possible, that Mm. he's calling us to it reminds us that, Oh yeah, this is, this is what it means. This is what it's like to be a disciple. We have the opportunity to be filled with hope and joy and peace. I need reminding of that every day. Randall Goodgame from his newest Sing the Bible 4 and the God of Hope here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. We've been talking about how kids really enjoy the Sing the Bible series. And so I thought it would be good to hear from some of our younger listeners. Our executive producer, Troy Lambert, asked his three children what they thought about Sing the Bible. His oldest, his name is Jackson, gave some really sweet answers. Troy asked his son, what he liked about Sing the Bible the most. Well, it helps me memorize scripture. And sometimes as I'm reading through my Bible or listening to the sermon, I um, recognize these um, passages from the songs. Why do you find the Bible interesting? Why is it good to know the Bible? Well, it's good to know the Bible because if you know the Bible, you know Jesus and God, and you know how to become a Christian and have eternal life. That's pretty important, huh? <laughs> On the first album, there's a song called Two Shirts. What's that song about? And I heard you singing it the other day. It's about sharing, and if you have two shirts, you might not need the other one because you already have one, so you will give it to the one who has none. If anybody has two shirts, should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. It caused me to think, even like the little things, like your sister or brother wants a toy that you have, you can share it with them. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where... For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last. And the servant of all, servant of all. When you think about Jesus, who is Jesus to you? He's a savior. He's comfort and is good. There's not one side of him that's bad. He is a friend and a king. He's comfort to me because when sometimes when I wake up with bad dreams, I pray and I feel like he's right in front of me so I can just talk to him. Well, Jackson Lambert, thank you for being on Haven today. You're welcome. I love you, Jackson. Love you too. Treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Well, as Jackson just said, it's important for children to know the Bible because that's how we learn about God and Jesus and salvation. And Randall Goodgame's Sing the Bible CD series will help you and the children in your life hide God's Word in their hearts. And I think you'll be surprised at how quickly you can actually memorize God's Word by hearing it sung. So now I'd like to encourage 
everyone who has kids in their lives, or if you're still a kid at heart, and I hope you are, get in touch with us. Make your minimum gift to Haven today, but ask for the CD set, Sing the Bible, Volumes 1 to 4. Or if you just like the new Volume 4 CD, we have that for your gift as well. Let me say we can send this directly to a family or someone else, friends, on your behalf. Just let us know their name with an address, and we'll ship it out ASAP. The phone number to call right now is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go online, and when you do, watch the videos that we have there and listen to the samples from the albums. Our Internet address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And please don't forget, we're still sending 100% of your gifts for refugee relief to Mission Eurasia, which is helping in and around Ukraine right now. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. If you haven't yet, pray about how many families you'd like to support to share not just food, but also the gospel, the New Testament that's going along with every box of food. 100% of your gifts will go directly to those in need. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time? And again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Does this sound familiar? The earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. That was Noah's day, thousands of years ago, but it could easily describe our world today. Noah found grace. God provided a way to save and shelter Noah from the flood. His judgment was coming, but Noah found grace. We tell the story to our children, but it's Christ at the center. God closed Noah and his family in the ark. They were safe inside. The ark went through the downpour and the flood of God's judgment. See, Jesus, we hide in Christ, where you're safe in his love. Christ went through the Lord's judgment for us, keeping us safe to give us grace. Get closer to Jesus daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.